it's time for the guy who always gets you to the ball game on time. And here's the pitch. It's Matt Wyatt with all the good stuff you need to know. Oh my goodness. I don't even know what to do with myself. I don't know what to do with my hands. I don't know what to do with my hands. I'm back in the Bureau, the Farm Bureau Insurance Studio, the luxurious Farm Bureau Insurance Studio. The norms. That would be short for normal. See, I'm trying to be hip. I'm trying to do what Beaver does. Shorten things up. Sounds better for effect. Speaking of Beaver, he's here. And look, Beaver, after a long, long absence... Your music track is back. Hmm. Well, that's because, as I assist you a few minutes ago, you're back at home base. Back at home. That's what we call your house. You know, they say home is where the heart is. You know what I say, B? I take it one step further. I like to say home is where the country-pleasing sausage is. (laughs) And the soundboard with sound effects is. And the norms. That'd be the normal feelings and the normal ambience in the Bureau, the glorious Farm Bureau Insurance Studio with that sign back there that says Farm Bureau Insurance and that one that says C Spire. Whew, it's good to be back. Uh, it was cool to be with you yesterday from the Delta. I get to go back there next week. I love seeing the Delta. And um, this time of year over there, you have mosquitoes, but it's almost too hot for them. They'll really come out when it starts cooling off in, the, in September. But uh, I was in the Delta yesterday, but it just it's been, if I, if I were to add it up, so we had all last week, that's four shows. We didn't have five because of Friday, so four shows in New York last week. And then one on Monday at Divinity Equipment in Madison, the one yesterday at Farm Bureau Insurance, with Brian Street and the guys out in Greenville for Washington County. So that's six straight. It's been six shows and somewhere around nine to ten days, Beaver, since I've joined you live on the radio right here where I stand. Does it sound better or does it really, it, it does, you can't tell. Oh, no, no, you can, you can definitely tell. <laughs> okay. You're, look. The sound, because, and this is not your fault, because you had, at your home base, mm-hmm. you have things in place that can control, you know, volume, right. you can speak at normal levels. Yep. No, when you were in New York, and especially on Monday, there was no control over volume. <laughs> it was maddening. <laughs> it was horrible. Okay. I don't know. This is not a, this is not a shot to you, Matt Wyatt. But it was bad, so I am glad that you're back where controls are in place. You know what, Beaver? And and I think I have I have a piece of equipment here that I believe I could take with me in the future. It's not huge, it's a little I would say it's about the size of a about a two foot length of tuba six for you. You know, construction workers out there uh, is what it's like. And I think that I could use that on the road to sort of help us in that regard. I may do that in the future. That's what we may do in the future, Beef, is we may use that piece of equipment on the road to help us with that whole volume thing that you were talking about. Yeah, it is good to be back. Um, sounds better. Sounds right. Really cool. Um, but I will be. I will admit this. Okay. 
just because we sometimes are a creature of habit and we really do sort of gravitate to our our norms, as we say, the normal schedule, the normal routine, that's what makes us comfortable. It's not always best to be comfortable all the time. You know, you got to get out of your comfort zone, right? Like it's one of the axioms of successful people that's get out of your comfort zone and, and live in an adventurous life. Well, with that said, it is cool to, to venture around and still get on the radio. And it is a lot of fun to like go hang out with Jonathan and the guys at Divinity for two hours and talk hunting and fishing and a little bit of everything else. Uh, but yeah, this, it's also good to be back. You know, it, it's starting to feel right. You know, big studio, <laughs> uh, football beginning, kicking up pretty soon. On that note, uh, we're going to talk some football on the show today. As you might have seen, if you're watching the headlines there on the uh, live stream, yeah, quarterbacks, more quarterbacks, and oh, by the way, is your conference still breathing? Who are your top five Southeastern Conference quarterbacks going into the 2023 season? Thank you. Thank you. Came up with that all by myself. Thanks so much. No, actually, it's sort of based on something I saw on Twitter. Uh, a guy who I like, Chris Doring, played receiver at Florida and played a little bit in the NFL, and he's one of the analysts on the SEC Network, and he has a top five list, and I'm going to tell you who he ranks, one, two, three, four, five, as far as quarterbacks coming back here uh, into the SEC in 2023. And there's a reason I'm bringing that up, and a reason okay, that you and I are going to talk about it coming up here in just a sec. Let me set you up. If you want to be a part of the show, lots of ways for you to do it. A lot of ways for you to do it, okay? Like I said, if you're watching the live stream on YouTube or Facebook or Twitter, hey, y'all, feel free to drop a comment. Hit submit. It'll pop up right here, and I can put it on the screen. Like Sven commented here on YouTube, and he said, welcome back in Hale State. Well, back at you, Sven. Thanks for tuning in here on the show. Same thing, Facebook, elsewhere. Put a comment in. We'll get it in on the show. Questions, whatever. It's just one way to sort of, you know, interject. Same thing on the country-pleasing text line. Country-pleasing sausage on grocery store shelves all around the southeast. It is the best sausage, hands down, in my opinion. The number to text the show, 885-3776. That's a 601 number, 885-3776. Another way to remember it would be 885-ESPN. And, of course, you can call me. That way I get to hear your voice. Uh, on the Divini Equipment phone line, 995-1059. Got it? That's the number to call, 995-1059. We'll get you on the Divini phone, and uh, you'll talk to Beaver. He'll shoot me a text, let me know you're waiting, and then we'll get to chat it up here on live radio. Got a text here out of the shoots from Daniel in Madison. And it said, what's up, Matt? Happy hump day. And it's a picture. It, Daniel, is that your yard? Somebody has rolled, has toilet papered a tree in his yard. We, we called it rolling a yard. Now, and I have heard people describe it as you got toilet papered. But that's too many syllables and words. And toilet is a hard word to say anyway for <laughs> some of us. So I just say roll. Did somebody, did somebody roll your yard? Why? For what reason, Daniel? Beaver, I must ask you, sir, in your younger days, have you ever been a part of rolling anyone's yard? Once. 
Yeah. Okay. You proud of it? No. <laughs> no, it was, let's see, summer okay. 2001, and it was, so, it was a, it was a, uh, a revenge rolling. Okay. Gotcha. On behalf of someone else, my friend, so stupid to look back on now that now that <laughs> we're talking about this. So, so my friend, like, it sounds so stupid now. Twenty years later, <laughs> yeah, my friend was dating a girl, mm-hmm. and she she did him wrong. Oh. So me, him, and <laughs> two other two other friends went and did that. Okay, now here's the weird thing, though, how it turned out. That was summer two thousand one. Okay, the other two people they were they were two friends that were guzz as well. And then two see, two years later, because one of the girls played soccer at Pearl. Okay. And two summers after that, or no, one summer after that, she went on to play soccer at Heinz and she ended up being a teammate of the girl's house that we rolled. <laughs> so oh. at that point, then then they became best friends, and yeah, I went good. to a game two years later, and I was I so I met the girl, and she's like, "Oh yeah, you you rolled my house, huh?" Uh huh. In that in that something, what a tangled web you got there, Beaver. And that's yeah. hey, and look at what Daniel put on the picture of him getting his yard rolled. Okay, he said kids are going back to school. His daughter is going to be a junior this year. The seniors roll the juniors' yards every year. Now, Beaver, you're from that area. You ever heard of that before? I never heard of that. Seniors I feel like maybe somewhere along the way. Okay, all right. I never heard of it. I guess it shows you how out of touch I am. That's not bad. I mean, there's worse things you could do <laughs> as far as initiation. <laughs> but yeah, rolling the yard, I guess somebody's got to clean that up. The question is, okay, if this is a thing in your town where the seniors on the first day of school roll the yards of the juniors, do the parents of the juniors make the kids clean it up, or parents, are you cleaning it up? Or do you go round up the parents of the seniors and say, hey, your kid did this. Get out of my yard. Clean it up. <laughs> like a bully. Like parent bullies. He says he sat on the front porch until 1 a.m. and ran them off twice, but they came back at 2. <laughs> <laughs> and he had passed out by then. All right, y'all, get this picture, okay? And and what I'll have to do is share this picture or something along the way. But get this picture, all right? Daniel in Madison has a kid who starts school, all right, going back to school, who's a junior. And the seniors notoriously roll the junior's yards, toilet paper in the trees. Daniel knows this. Last night, stayed up until 1 a.m., ran off the seniors twice, eventually fell asleep, and they outlasted him. The seniors came back at 2 a.m. and got the toilet paper job done in the yard. A bunch of, you know, how about that for a tradition? Budding Auburn fans out there, toilet paper trees just for the fun of it, huh? Good stuff, Daniel. Thanks for sharing that with us. Uh, okay, and yes, on the live stream, the, the, the title of the live stream was QBs, more QBs, and is your conference still breathing? Jason in Flagstaff, Arizona, who is from here, but he's in Arizona now, has picked up a little Pac-12 knowledge over the years, <laughs> being out there. And uh, Beaver uh, lovingly gave him the nickname P-12. 
Pac-12 Jason recently. It didn't stick, but he gave it to him. And he sent me this regarding, quote, is your conference dead? This is from a Pac-12 writer out there in Arizona. Here it is. USC and UCLA had just announced their impending departures from the league in an attempt to to preserve his conference. George Klyakov, that's the Pac-12 commissioner, wanted to know if Big 12 administrators were still interested in a proposal that Commissioner Bob Bowlesby made to the Pac-12 a year earlier, meaning some sort of alliance, right? After Oklahoma and Texas announced their departure from the Big 12, Bowlesby visited Klyakov for an in-person meeting about a partnership or a merger of the two leagues, Pac-12, Big 12, getting together. George Klyakov turned it down. Now, this is a writer, a Pac-12 writer. Jason, thanks for sending this. I, I, I didn't read that. I don't know this. After Oklahoma and Texas left the Big 12, after USC, UCLA left the Pac-12, they had a meeting, the two conferences, Big 12, Pac-12, about joining up, partnership, merger of the two leagues, Klyakov of the Pac-12 turned it down. And it says here, a year later, here he was calling to accept it. Big 12 officials, having settled into their new reality and with four new members on the way, declined. It was a short conversation, says one Big 12 official with knowledge of the talks. Jason, I'm not a poker player. Okay, but I sort of get it when somebody says, don't overplay your hand. And the idea, like, if somebody, can they tell if you're bluffing or not? I mean, don't overplay your hand, right? Is that a poker thing or a blackjack thing? I don't know. Okay, I don't know. <laughs> but I do know that, that that's a, whew. my, 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 how the tables have turned. White Denzel Texas show says nothing like listening to your show and watching the men's basketball team destroy opponents. State playing somebody in Portugal, beating them 79 to 51. Yeah, and it said that uh, Coach Jans had a family issue that forced him to go ahead and come back home a little early from the trip. Uh, more on the toilet paper thing that's a tradition in the area, juniors and seniors, according to Daniel and Madison. He said apparently the Northwest ranking seniors rolling yards. Rolled yards, spray-painted cars, and shot cars with airsoft guns, which chipped paint and cracked windshields. See, it's all fun and games until you go farther than toilet paper. Yeah, that's stupid. Somebody else, real unnamed texter, sent me a picture of the neighbor's house, toilet paper everywhere. It'd be like COVID pretty soon. We'd be buying up toilet paper. <laughs> TP shortage. <laughs> Uh, Joe Mailman Texas show and says small propane torch torch or lighter works well for the cleanup. Light it up and it'll burn the toilet paper out of the treetops. Don't do that, Joe. You're gonna burn a tree down. Okay? It's hot and dry out there. When was the last time it rained? Don't do that. You're gonna burn something down you didn't mean to. <laughs> do not do that. Well, as Jason said to us yesterday, we're gonna wake up today and not gonna have a Pac-12. We're almost there. Now, I'm going to get into this now. We've got plenty of time, and we'll go through the list. Uh, the first comment I got on the show today was on the YouTube live stream, and it came from Cole, who he went ahead, as soon as I brought up quarterbacks, he interjected with uh, K.J. Jefferson Heisman. Come on, all you Razorback fans. Let's stand up and call those hogs. Call the hogs. Let's go. Cole, are 
a hog fan? Now, and let me just say, this red hog that's on my hat, that stands for country meat packers and country pleasing sausage. That is not an Arkansas hog on my hat. Although I like Arkansas, I kind of find them cool. There you go. They got a great fight song at Arkansas, too. So, Cole, Cole, if you are an Arkansas fan, do you think K.J. Jefferson at Arkansas is going to win a Heisman with Dan Enos as his offensive coordinator and not Kendall Bryles, who Jefferson has played for these last few years and really torn it up? And when you look at K.J. Jefferson's numbers, you know, some of the numbers don't just jump off the page at you certainly throwing the ball the way you would think. He's been, you know, such a dual threat. I love watching him play. I just wonder how are they going to change him to be different. He talked about it at media days. Then he's going to change it up. He's going to go through this Dak Prescott progression like Dak did from 14 to 15, junior to senior, where he went from dual threat runner to, like, straight-up passer. And maybe they're going to try to do that with uh, Jefferson this year. And some of those guys can absolutely make that progression as they get older and have done it. Dak's one of them who's done it. And I'd love to see K.J. Jefferson do it. I sure would, except when he's playing state. But you got him, uh, you know, Heisman. And it's a tough deal. Like, All right, anyway, I, I teased it earlier. Let me just tell you, okay, what it is. And Sven, I'll come to your list. Chris Doring, SEC Network, top five SEC quarterbacks coming into the year. Here they are. Number five, Devin Leary, Kentucky, the transfer from NC State. What do y'all think about this list? Number four, Joe Milton III, Tennessee. Number three, K.J. Jefferson, Arkansas. Number two, Will Rogers, Mississippi State. And number one is, according to Chris Doring, Jaden Daniels, quarterback, LSU. That's what he's got. So there's a list. One, Daniels at LSU. Two, Will Rogers. Three, K.J. Jefferson. Four, Joe Milton. Five, Kev, uh, Devin Leary. So think about this. There's a couple of things when I look at. To me, and you all may feel differently, but to me, Chris... I don't often look at Chris Doring's stuff when he does a list or he ranks players as he's he's doing something stupid to try to get a lot of attention. Some people do that. I look at Chris's things as, you know, he, he's generally trying to nail it. He doesn't always, but he's trying to. And so when you look, okay, we're talking about a 14-team league here. This is his list of the top five. And at number five is a guy who's never taken a snap in the SEC. Devin Leary. The only closest he's gotten was taking a snap against Mississippi State in Starkville in a game that they kind of got whipped. So he's your fifth best one. Never played in the SEC a lick. Number four is Joe Milton the third, who used to be at Michigan, transferred to Tennessee, did win the Tennessee starting job in Josh Heupel's first year, but quickly lost the starting job to Hendon Hooker and never got it back. Seems like a great guy, great teammate, everything. Super talented athlete for sure. And when you go back and look, Heupel's first year at Tennessee when Milton won the job but didn't keep it, part of the thing that got Milton removed from the starting 
was they kept getting people open on a deep ball, and he kept overthrowing them. He just had this tendency to pump it 10, 15 yards too far on wide open deep balls every time. They're like, we're getting people over. We've got to have somebody can hit them. So that was sort of the main issue you know, with that big, strong arm. So he's a guy who really has not played a ton. He's played a little, certainly him, and he's supposedly the fourth best quarterback in our league. Number three, he's got KJ Jefferson, and we know all about him, but he's got new offensive coordinator. Will Rogers, we know all about him, but he's got new offensive coordinator. And at number one, Jaden Daniels, who's played for one year in the SEC and played very well. Started slow, right in that Florida State game last year, was struggling, didn't throw, and wasn't reading. He'd take off and run. But it's obviously so fast they were coaching him to run, and you could see why as the year went on. But he's a one year starter coming back. So that's his list. And I will admit, I don't remember which radio show it was. It was back around SEC Media Days time. I was doing an interview with somebody on their radio show, and they were asking about him. And I think he said, you know, if you had to pick Jefferson or Daniels as your number one, who would you pick? And I said, well, if I was, like, starting coaching it off, I'd probably pick K.J. Jefferson because the number of snaps and all the experience would be really valuable to me. And that might be his only advantage over a guy like Jaden Daniels. Anyhow, what do you think about that? I'm going to come back, and Richard and Sven, I'll get to your comments on the YouTube live stream, the text from Grumpy and Real Unnamed, and we'll kind of, we'll kind of break that down just a little bit. I'll tell you what I think on them also. Just getting started with you on this Wednesday in the Bureau, the Farm Bureau Insurance Studio. Stick around. Your sports. It's often difficult to satisfy that special hunger. Not here, because you've got Matt Wyatt. Oh, I am starving. Don't worry, he's got a menu full. All right, back with you. Picking it back up here. So what would you think about that list from Chris Doring? Now, look, I know we're, we're almost out of list season. I think by this time next week, everybody's going to be practicing and you have practice reports and all that kind of stuff. So it'll be fun. I just saw it today. And like I say, I, I respect Chris Doring. I, I don't think he's out there trying to get attention. I think he's actually trying to get stuff like that right. You know, and they obviously task him with doing it at the SEC Network. And, yeah, I like the list. But it is striking to me that we've um, gotten to a point where there's so little um, there's so little experience in something like the top five. You know, you look at, again, you got Jaden. A lot of people like the list, you know, and it might be somebody might go K.J. Jefferson at one. Well, nobody's really going to argue it. I mean, you, you could go Will Rogers one. Well, they're not really going to argue it. You know, he's a different type player than Daniels. You go Daniels at one, I'm not going to argue that. He's a great player. And between Rodgers and Jefferson, you're talking about a ton of starts and experience on this list at two and three. One year of starting experience for Jaden Daniels, and we just saw what he's capable of as the year went on. But, I mean, in a 14-team league at the top of the college football world, and you get somebody trying to make a legit list, and when he gets to four and five, it's players who haven't played. I mean, they've played a lot, just like, Leary played in the ACC at NC State. 
You know, Milton played a what did he even play at Michigan? I don't know. A few snaps that one year, uh, that first game essentially as the starter against Pittsburgh that first year for Hypo, and then after that he he kind of gives it over to Hooker, Hendon Hooker, who stayed there, and and now Milton's back in that role again. And it's not that they won't be good. It's just you don't have a lot coming back anywhere. So what are the others, right? So Alabama, they're going to have a new starter. Jalen Milrow is uh, an incredible, incredible athlete. Just phenomenal athlete. He's at the top of the athletic world, but you got to play quarterback, you know. And a few snaps last year, he did turn the ball over some. You could see the ability, but you got to learn how to manage a position at that level. So he's largely inexperienced. You have no experience whatsoever um, behind the young guy at Auburn, the kid uh, Robbie Ashford, I guess, who, look, you know, I hadn't heard anything out of Auburn, no one way or the other, but again, he was, what, a freshman last year, not ready to be a great passer down for down yet, but he could really run, big athlete, and did some good things. Maybe great in that freeze offense. I don't know if they transfer one in to try to shore it up or have some competition. So that's sort of unknown. Who else? Georgia's going to have a new one. Stetson Bennett gone. Who's at Florida? Florida's going to have a new one. Vandy's going to have a new one. You know, Ole Miss, they got a room full of good ones, highly touted prospects. And I I was I sounded when I found myself talking about Jackson Dart and we watched him play, of course, saw it in person at the Egg Bowl, and I was kind of impressed with him that night. I thought he did some really good things. A really good arm. He seemed to me to be an excellent athlete, and he made good decisions. He was really tough in the game. State hit him a bunch, and he still kept coming back, made good throws. One of the more impressive plays I saw from a quarterback all of last year throwing the ball was on that fourth down conversion on the last drive for Ole Miss. You know, State had him on a third down right there. No, I had him on a fourth down at midfield where after you fumble the ball on the goal line, they're coming back trying to go tie the game. They're at midfield on a fourth down, had to have it, and they throw the football. He stood in there and got tattooed right in the neck and let the ball go, and it was a perfect strike, converted. That was a tough play. I was impressed with him, you know. And and I just feel like, you know, whoever their quarterback is with that offense, probably him, you know, he's going to be up there on your list before the year is over. So there's some experience there. Um, outside of that, there's just not a lot. You got experience at at uh, South Carolina. And that might be the one, um, and I'm about to come to your comments and we'll look at some of these. The last thing on this would be Chris Doring's got Jaden Daniels at LSU 1, Will Rogers 2 at State, KJ Jefferson 3 at Arkansas, Milton at Tennessee, and then Leary at Kentucky. He does not have Spencer Rattler, South Carolina, in the top five. So what do you think about that? And would you have him in your top five? All right, Sven commented earlier on the YouTube live stream. He says, in this order, one, Rogers, two, Daniels, three, Jefferson, four, Leary, five, Jackson Dart. He said the next in line would be Rattler, Milton, and Beck. And Beck is the guy at Georgia, correct? I don't know much about him. Speaking of Georgia, Danny is listening in Ringgold, Georgia. What's up, Danny? He said, hey, Matt, greetings from Ringgold, Georgia. Richard commented and said, uh, isn't Devin Leary coming off a pec injury? Well, yeah. He he was he had something going on. Apparently it's not too serious. 
Richard commented and said Jaden is more athletic, but Nussmeyer is a better passer. That's his two cents. You know, hey, but that's the thing, Richard. You know, they were kind of breaking in new system, new team, new everything last year. But when you are as athletic as Jaden Daniels is, it, it's almost like you can make up for a little bit of the lack of arm or read ability because there are times that you're going to take off and go get the whole field and the defense is chasing. You just absolutely give them fits. And when a quarterback can run the way that he does, it gives you a tool in the arsenal to get people open downfield that maybe the other guy can't do. Uh, Sven said K.J. Jefferson had too many injuries to be number one. Simple as that. Well, he's he has been absolutely banged up. You know, in his career, as much as he runs a ball, right? And that, and again, that's one thing that they're talking about is you want to keep him healthy this year. You got to keep him out of those those high number of carries and just you know getting his bell rung constantly, and so that you can keep him in there. Danny commented on Facebook said some quarterbacks probably going to come out of the woodwork and ruin that list. And I'm telling you, Danny, who is a prime candidate to do it is if. If the coaches at Alabama get Milrow coached up where, okay, he, he's all right, now he's getting it. Like they got him mentally to a point where he's getting it. And he's running our offense. I'm just telling you, it'll be him. Remember I told you. All right, on the uh, text line, the country-pleasing text line, country-pleasing sausage on grocery store shelves all around the southeast. Tyga texted the show. That's Tyga with an H. So it sounds like a pretty good list to me. The only question I have is where is the Ole Miss quarterback? And then he says, ah, ha, 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 ha. Well, look, now it's a preseason list. Now is not the time to be laughing. It's just a list. And I told you, I think the kid at Ole Miss, Dart, I, I, I felt like at times he was a little underrated. I don't know that they necessarily had this great overall team and, and wound into a tight team operation and machine the way people thought they did in the early part of their schedule last year because it wasn't as hard. And as soon as they ran up against a tough part of their schedule, they started losing. Well, but he was pretty good. And like I say, when I saw him in person in the Egg Bowl, I was kind of impressed with him. When, and in that offense, wouldn't be surprised at all for him to, if he keeps a job, stay in there and have a really good year. Now, regarding Spencer Rattler, South Carolina, I was talking about it. Tiger said Rattler's good is really good, but his bad is awful. He's too inconsistent, right? So he's got you got good Spencer and bad Spencer. I know all about that. <laughs> Jason in Flagstaff, Arizona says, I have no idea what to think about Rogers. If it was just about him, I'd put him at one, but it isn't, good or bad. I'll worry about the offensive line until I see otherwise. Yeah. New scheme, new way of doing things. I think that's totally fair. And it is a team game. As a matter of fact, it's interesting you bring that up, Jason, because I had a, I had a guy say that he had been in on a conversation about what Will Rogers has got to do to reach DAC status at Mississippi State. And he was like, well, what do you think about that? And I'm like, well, hadn't thought about it, but the idea of, what does Will Rogers have to do to reach DAC status at Mississippi State? Well, you got to win. You got to win a whole bunch of games. You got to threaten 
to win 10, 11 games and scare them to death and get ranked and have a chance to go even, I don't know, within a play or two of really playing for something because it's a team game. That's the deal. And it's a good question in that regards. And I thanked him for asking me because I thought, you know, I said, well, man, I hadn't really thought of that, but it leads you down the path of what this whole thing is really about. You can say, well, Dak did this number and he did that number and he had this passing percentage. Well, that's all well and good. But if all they ever did was win six or seven games every year, we're like, hmm. The fact is he had a team that got all kinds of national recognition and was ranked number one in the country for five weeks. It's never happened before at Mississippi State. They won a whole bunch of games and and threatened it. So the attention went with some of the winning. And it was some of the right kind of winning. Beating LSU in Baton Rouge. Beating Texas A&M and Auburn back-to-back at home. Start 3-0 in the SEC. You know, not all nine wins are alike <laughs> in some regards. So that's what I would say is you reach that status. Go out here and scare the whole football world to death. Scare them to death. Man, if that guy wins another game or two, they could go, they could, they could go to Atlanta. See, it didn't happen, but people were doing those whispers back in 14. So that's why it's memorable. You get 10 years down the road, I got news for you. Stats are not memorable. Individual stuff is not memorable. Team accomplishments are. It's one of the things I still like about it. <laughs> All right, more of your comments, I promise, coming up. More texts. We'll get to them next. Stick around. From the amazing hits. That one is huge. To all the amazing plays. Matt Wyatt has got it all for you. Just listen to that. Alright, here we go. Picking it back up. Glad to be back with you. We're getting really close. Really close. You've got NFL preseason football beginning this weekend with the Hall of Fame game. You'll have, of course, uh, some college football games will start at the end of the month. Um, the first one, this is Division One now. See, that's how old I am. I'm still calling it Division One. This is FBS. The first one is Saturday, August 26th at 1.30 on NBC. Navy and Notre Dame kicking the season off. So you're close to that, preseason stuff. And you're close to high school football. Of course, public school is a little bit later in the month. Uh, The first games for MAIS, private schools around the state, August the 11th. So not this Friday, but the next. And... uh, yeah, I mean, so it's practically here. Um, and if everything goes according to plan, coming up a little bit later today on the show, we're going to talk with Herbert Davis, the head football coach at MRA, Madison Ridgeland Academy, and just talk to him about his team. He's got an exciting quarterback who's a college commit. and You know, just talk a little football with Coach Davis. That's all coming up. For now, more of your comments here. We were talking QBs and some other things. I, I do find it fascinating. It's just a different... Deal and and I guess if you go back five years beyond, let's just say between five and fifteen years ago, in that decade, we were at a period of time where it seemed like every year there was just big group of returning quarterbacks in the SEC every year. 
because guys would stay usually for four years. Every now and then a one or a three. You know, every now and then a Cam Newton, every now and then a you know a Bryce Young that come through and go three and, and out. But returning starters across the league a lot because guys stayed more and less transferring going on. And I guess, you know, all those things, NIL and transfer, pay for play and transfer, let's call it what it is, um, portal. You look up and we go, man, we don't know who our quarterbacks are. We got three of them that we know. <laughs> Daniels at LSU, Jefferson at Arkansas, Rogers at State, maybe Dart at Ole Miss, right? He's got the job, kind of. He does. We don't know who Alabama's is. We're not really sure who Auburn's is. You know, and then you go around the league, same thing. Florida, Kentucky, New at Tennessee. It's just the stents, I guess, are a little starter, uh, are a little shorter. Pardon that accidental pun of a slip up there. Chase commented on Facebook on the show here and said Peyton Thorne transferred from Michigan State to Auburn, and I knew that. So I'm saying they brought the transfer in, but you had Ashford who played for him last year as a freshman from the Hoover area, and I thought at times did some good things, certainly competitive, right? Not ready to drop back in the pocket and throw it 28 or 30 times a game and read the whole field in coverage, but certainly could play for you and a heck of an athlete and all that. But, uh, you know, again, it's just big unknowns at the quarterback position around the uh, around the conference. I mentioned to you, I had a guy this morning mention, asked me, what does Will Rogers have to do to reach Dak status? Jason and Flagstaff said, I hate that stuff. He says, I love Dak, but it's, not just, it's just not fair to compare that 2014 team to anything that State has had since or really before. That's a national championship team five years earlier. Yeah, they were really good. They certainly were stacked, right? They certainly were stacked. Forget Chris Jones was on that team. And that's just naming one. There were a bunch of dudes on that team for sure. Uh, J Rock texts the show with a question and he says, Hey, man, I would like your opinion on something. Do you think next year Will Rogers will have to decide on coming back or the NFL? He said, I guess I'm asking, do you think the NFL will be an option? I think it, you know, it obviously depends on the year. It obviously depends on this year. Uh, he's put on a little weight, a little bigger. I, I've always kind of felt like Will physically might be just a little bit of a late bloomer, you know, as far as filling out and getting thicker. And it looks like he's starting to do that a little bit, and and you got to do that. You know, accuracy and knowing football and knowing where to go to go with the ball is there. Period. End of story. It ain't no question. It's just. You know, physically, is he ready? And then it's a huge opportunity year for him because the reason I say that is by default, he's going to shed the moniker of air raid quarterback, whether he likes it or not, right? Whether anybody likes it or not, you're going to shed the moniker of air raid quarterback because you're not in the air raid this year. So plays are going to look different. Systems going to look different. Responsibilities are going to be different. And if you're just as accurate in a different system, maybe hit a few more deep balls in exchange for underneath completions, and you still have that high completion percentage, and you still put up some numbers and go win a bunch of games, and it's a huge opportunity year for him. 
So I think it all depends on how the year goes. But if those things go in the right direction, he stays healthy, you know, body grows and thickens up, bigger, stronger, which he has, and the consistency and the accuracy are there in a, in a new type of offense, then it's a tremendous opportunity for him. We may, he may have something to think about. So we shall see. Back over to the comments on the YouTube live stream. Sven commented, he said, a nine-win season. That's what he's got to do. He says, only Dak has had two nine-win seasons as a quarterback at Mississippi State. Yeah. People forget that Wayne Mackin got really close. So eight wins in 98, won the Western Division, played in Atlanta, and then ten wins the next year, including a bowl win over Clemson in 99. Now Wayne was really, really close to that, right? And Wayne's the only one that's played on a team that played in Atlanta. And sometimes I feel like how soon we forget some of that stuff. Jared commented on Facebook, said the way Rattler finished the season, he's in the top five. Leary was not good last year before his injury, sub-60 QBR. He was good. Look, you know, Jared, somebody mentioned a little bit ago, I think it was on the text line, said, you, you remember the, the stuff with Bo Wallace when he was at Ole Miss, you'd have good Bo, bad Bo? And this person said, you know, the thing about Rattler is his good is really good and his bad is awful, you know, so it can be really, and he has, right? Didn't he have a four or five interception game and, you know, some of those things, but but he can get hot and he can certainly make the plays and make the throws. And it's maybe just about doing it more consistently. Starting to sound like a coach, aren't I? <laughs> yeah. But I yeah, I I think right now there's several things I would frame the quarterback in the SEC conversation this way. Kind of like I said earlier. There's any number of two or three guys that you could put at number one, and frankly, not a whole lot of people are just going to argue with it. I mean, if you don't have K.J. Jefferson number one, Arkansas fans are going to argue it. But even LSU fans, Daniels number one, great. Jefferson one, yeah. You want to argue Will Rogers? Hey, pretty good. I mean, do your list. Your top three are a little bit twistable, interchangeable there according to who you're talking to. And everybody kind of agrees with that. And by the same token, Jared, if anybody comes along with a quarterback list coming into the year and they have Rattler in their top five, nobody's really going to argue with it too much. It might be, well, I would have him at six and I'd have another guy. But it's, you know what I'm saying? It's not like it's, oh, no way. And part of that is he's, he's one of the very few we have coming back with some experience at their school. How about this? Matthew commented and said he is stuck in traffic. <laughs> he calls it on the Watermelon 500, a.k.a. the 285 around Atlanta, headed west to the SIP for some home time, and he's stuck in traffic listening to us on, on a YouTube live stream. Matthew, be careful, man. I'm happy to get you home. Miss Dinah on Facebook. Hey to you. She says, Hail State from the top of the state. All the way up right over there in DeSoto County. Miss Dinah, hi to you and yours. Thanks for tuning in, being a part of the show. Daniel in Madison. An update. He is out there cleaning up the toilet paper. The seniors rolled his yard last night. 
Oh, wait a minute. That ain't you. It's a fuzz. Okay. Let me just say this, Dan. It's a fuzzy vid- video. The way it came through on my text line. <laughs> All I see is a person wadding up the toilet paper that's on the ground from your house being rolled last night by the seniors at your daughter's school. I, I, first, I assumed it was you, but I can't really tell. You have to tell me who that is. The video is just fuzzy enough on my the way it came through that I can't tell. For those tuning in that don't know what I'm talking about, we started the day off. Daniel and Madison showed us. His daughter is going to be a junior. The seniors, as they start school, roll the yards of the juniors. So he stayed up. He ran them off twice at 1 o'clock in the morning. Then he fell asleep, and they came back at 2. <laughs> and rolled his yard. <clears throat> now what did Jake say? Jake from Yazoo says, just getting out of Piney Creek. It's hot, boys. He said, it's so hot, the liquor store has a sign saying they are not accepting cash out of bras. <laughs> Due to excessive heat. Can't make that up. Good old Yazoo. Pictures or it didn't happen, Jake. Pictures or it didn't happen. All right. Hour one in the books. Talk a little high school football in hour two to start us off. That's coming up in the Bureau, the Farm Bureau Insurance Studio. Stay with me.